Chief, you placed over this house, Bishop and Lady Carolyn. And Father, we ask you this morning that you would release a preceding word from your mouth, Lord, that you would refresh us with the word regarding 2020. Lord, we receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give him praise one more time as you see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. They may need to lift this up a little bit. Take the glasses. I was trying to figure out. Okay, amen. Thank you. Now I can see you. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, if we could give a name to this message, I probably would name it um, 2020. And giving the Lord praise for our leaders, amen, over this church. Amen. Give Bishop Johnson, Lady Carolyn, a hand again. Amen. I was reading um, this week. Um, I believe it's found somewhere in 2 Samuel. And in 2 Samuel, um, the men that surrounded King David, thank you, I forgot, forgot. The men that were surrounding King David said for King David, you cannot go out anymore for battle because you are the light of Israel. And when he mentioned that, he was actually talking, the people esteemed the leader that God placed over them. And because of that esteem, they understood that from that office of kingship, Israel would be guided by that mantle that rested upon King David. And so um, this whole thing about honor is a, is a, a real issue before the Lord because as we honor upward, guess what happens? Honor comes to each and every one of us in our lives. It says in Zechariah, the 28th, it's no 28th chapter in Zechariah, so I must have copied this wrong. But anyway, um, in Zechariah, it says, on that day, the Lord will shield those who live in Jerusalem so that the feeblest among them will be like David and the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord going before them. And then he makes a statement in Acts, the 15th chapter, the 17th verse. He says, after this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. The Lord is restoring the tabernacles of David in this region so that all the men and women in this arena, in this area, will seek after the Lord. The scripture states in Ephesians, the third chapter, the 20th verse, now to him who is able to do more abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think and imagine according to the power that is at work in us. And then my last verse comes from Amos, the ninth chapter, the 13th verse. Behold, the days are coming. Behold, the days are among us where the plowman will overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sow seed. And so basically we get this picture that, that as they are harvesting the seed, 
uh, as they are harvesting the seed, the seed that they had already planted is coming up together again quickly. And I believe that we're living in a time where the Lord is causing, he's getting ready to cause a, a convergence of all the seasons of harvest. I, I wanted to mention this, that 2019, how many of you would say was a year of testing for many of us? So I'm going to list a couple of tests that some of us have gone through, and maybe you can evaluate yourself this morning regarding, did you pass the test? The first test is the time test. By all outward appearances, God does not seem to be following, fulfilling the word that he gave you in the past. God many times uses the time test to try leaders' patience, forcing him to trust God to fulfill his call and ministry in his time, in his way. The time test, when God takes us through the time test, it purifies our motives and our attitude. Delayed fulfillment is only from our perspective because many times we're thinking that God is late, but God is on time because he see all things. Amen. And the Bible says he works all things after the counsel of his will. And many times the Lord will allow what we call delay as a way to call selfish and proud motives and attitudes to come to the surface. How did you do with the time test this year? Praise God. Amen. I'm not, I'm, you don't have to raise your hands if you got an A. Praise God. The next test is the word test. The word test actually is found in Psalms 105. It's interesting when God literally chose jo um, Joseph, Joseph received two dreams that he was going to become a mighty leader and that even his parents would bow to him. And it was not, uh, it wasn't too much time after that, that Joseph was carried into captivity. His own brothers conspired to kill him. On this end, he received a word from God. Y'all got this picture? That he's going to be a leader, a mighty leader. But then on the other end, now he's carried into captivity. How many of you have been in that word test when it seems like God is moving in the opposite direction than what he said? It's interesting that in the, in, in the word test, um, Joseph was literally uh, held in captivity in Potiphar's house, and then he was put in prison. And, 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 and while he was in prison, what really caught my attention, while he was in prison, he interpreted the dreams of two men. And one of the men was um, decapitated by the king. And then the other man that survived, Joseph said, um, Joseph said, hey, remember me. And, and, and the Bible says, and he forgot Joseph. And I believe the reason why God allowed the man to forget Joseph was because Joseph was still trying to put his hand on trying to fulfill the word that God in his own way was going to fulfill. Because that's one of the things that happens in the time test. And so eventually what happened, a situation came and the king was looking for someone and the man that forgot him, two years later, all of a sudden, remember, I know a man who can interpret dreams. And that very day, when that dream was interpreted, the king said, 
where can I find such a wise man who can implement this great plan? And then the king looked at him and said, Joseph, you are that man. Joseph was in the bottom of a prison that was in direct contradiction to the word God spoke over his life. And within 24 hours, 24 hours, the king pointed at him and said, no one will be able to lift their foot in Egypt without permission from you. He was made second in command of the whole known world at that time. It happened suddenly. How are you doing with the word test? How many of you went through the word test this year? The other test is the integrity test. The integrity test is what you do when no one is looking. And many times our destiny is accelerated or decelerated or put or we are put in remedial training when we don't pass the integrity test. And we don't even know why things are slowing down, but God saw what you did when no one else was looking. Amen. I guess I'm talking to myself. The other test is the self-will test. Jesus himself went through the self-will test. The self-will test occurs when God asks you to do something that counters your self-will. I've lived long enough to hear God say some things, man. I, I, I have to honestly say, I told the Lord, I don't like it. I, I, I really don't want to do that. Or, my, or the thing between me and God, Lord, it's not fair. Oh, man, man, man. Lord, it's not fair. <laughs> and... And you know something? I have found walking with the Lord. This, this self-will test is interesting because Jesus went through the self-will test in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then he turned around and said, not my will, but your will be done. Three days later, he resurrected from the dead. Lord, have mercy. With the whole trinity localized in the body of Jesus Christ. There's a, there's a flesh and bone body sitting on the throne that is fully identified with man. But at that level of promotion took place because Jesus was willing at that point while he dwelled in human flesh, vulnerable to all the frailties of life. He said yes to God. Self-will test. The next test is the misunderstanding test. The misunderstanding test is when, is when you, you convey something and you are completely misunderstood. And, and not only that, but decisions are made on the basis of the other person's misunderstanding of you. And the Lord is expecting you at that point to act right. He's expecting you at that moment to act right and to respond and not react, to not complain. Oh my God, man, those, those are some of the tests that some of us went through in 2020. The, 
2019, praise God. The other test is the servant test. The servant test happens when, when, when the Lord allows you to be assigned to a position of servitude on your job in the house of God. Other people are recognized and you are not. Other people are applauded and you are not. And it's at that point, the Lord is doing what? He is literally dealing with our motives. And all the ugliness that comes out is part of the testing of the Lord. And the last test is called the temptation test. The temptation test is when, is when the temptations do not arise from within you. It, the temptations come from outside of you. And, and, and it's not just uh, fleshly temptations, but it's also the trials of life. It's like the perfect storm hits your life at the same time. Three different storms are happening at the same time. And the Lord is looking at you in terms of how you respond to the test. Do you feel sorrow or will you rise and praise him? Will you worship him? Will you give him all the glory? Will you pray? Will you war? Because at that point, the Lord is trying to flex your, war, your spiritual warfare muscles because he wants to bring you into a whole new level of promotion. So, now, after you've graded your papers, <laughs> I'm not going to ask. <laughs> but anyway, 2019 was a real year of testing for many of us. And 2020 is a season. It's a, 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 a new era for Metro. It's a new era for the body of Christ. God is ending one chapter. And he's opening a new chapter for us to walk into. As I was praying, one of the things the Lord spoke to me about 2020, that 2020 will be a year of volatility. A year of volatility where we will see um, a cataclysmic or volatile things take place. In fact, 2020 will be a time when nations will be shaken like they've never been shaken before. We will, we will witness it, we will see it. In fact, the book of Matthew says in, the, in Matthew the 24th chapter that the last days will be, it, he says the beginning, it's like birth pains, it's what's happening now, the labor pains are coming closer. And, and one of the ways that is manifesting is that the Lord is, is literally speaking regarding this whole area of contending for the faith. 2020 would be a time where the Lord is going to challenge the body of Christ to contend for the faith, to contend for the gospel, and to stand on the side of the word of God. 2020 would be a time where literally where God will lay the plumb line out regarding what he's saying in his word and, and, and people are going to have, people in the body of Christ are going to have to make a stance on whether they're standing with the Lord or standing on the side of popularity. That is going to happen in 2020. 
because of, of literally of the times that we live in. First Timothy, the fourth chapter, the first verse says, the Bible says, now the spirit of God says expressively, expressively, it's saying the spirit of God says with emphasis that seducing spirits, doctrines of devils are going to be released that will cause some to fall away. And 2020 will really be a time for you and I to make sure that we're staying close to the fire, staying close to the house of God, staying close to the, to the household of faith. When we speak about 2020 being a time of volatility, you need to understand that volatility among the nations. Begin to look at the nations. Begin to look at the nations. When the Lord spoke to me about the uh, volatility among the nations, the ones that he pointed out to me was the nations of Israel, Turkey, in the Indonesia area, uh, Iran. In fact, we're, we're going to see some things this upcoming year that, that will literally surprise us and cause the church to fall to its knees because of the shakings that are taking place among the nations. Another thing the Lord showed me that the issue of water, that we're going to see some issues regarding water, water rights the purity of water and even plots against the water supply in certain locales of the world. So on, on one side, we see volatility taking place. We see the nations, we see nations being shaken like never before. But what is the Lord saying to the church? What is the Lord saying to us? The Lord warns us about what is about to happen so that we can position ourselves, so that we can receive strategy from heaven regarding how to thrive and be productive and multiply during those seasons of darkness. In fact, the Bible says that the church will arise as a blazing torch in the midst of darkness. It's found in the book of Isaiah. But what is the Lord saying about the people of God? The Lord is saying that 2020 for the household of faith and for Metro and for other places, it is a, a, a season of a new era. 2020 will be a year, 2020 will be a year where we will begin to declare the word of God like never before. 2020 will be a year that we will war with declarations. We will war. Many of your praying will turn into words of declarations that will dethrone principalities and power. 2020 will be a time where we're not only seeking God's hand, but we're seeking his face. And we're going to begin to discover what it means to seek the face of God because the Lord is beckoning us to seek his face so that he will turn his face towards us and release a favor on us such that we've never seen before. 2020 will be a time where we will move away, move away from talking about the kingdom of God and begin to manifest the kingdom of God. 2020 will be a time where we will experience sanctifying grace. We will experience strengthening grace, enabling grace, and we will speak grace, grace to the mountains that stand in our way and the mountains that stand in our way as we speak grace, grace to those mountains. Those mountains will be pulverized. Those mountains will turn into dust. 2020 is the year that God is going to publicly display himself as one 
who reward those who diligently seek him. And to those who diligently sought him in 2019, 2018, 2017, the Lord spoke to me and said that, that he sees every tear. He never forgets a tear that has come out of, out of his, the, the, the eyes of his sheep. He, he, he doesn't, every prayer that has been uttered, the Lord has captured those prayers in a censor. And 2020 will be a time where the Lord will begin to publicly, publicly reward those who have diligently sought him. 2020 is a year that we take off Saul's armor and we begin to wear the armor that he's called us to wear. 2020 is, is about God giving back to us the years that the palmer worm hath eaten. 2020 is about the Lord redeeming the time for us. 2020, where, where some of us have experienced regret because of things that we saw uh, eat away at our time and our efforts, but the Lord says that he's going to return that time back to us. This is the year that we rise like Joshua and David and possess our land. This has been one of the most contended grounds this particular area has been one of the most contended grounds in the city of Atlanta. That uh, this particular area, this location is, is like a high place that the enemy has been contending for because if he could have this area, then there's a certain rulership he could have over this whole community. It's been overthrown rights in this region. That's one of the reasons why spiritual warfare has been so intense in this hour. But you need to understand, Metro, we are on the winning side. Amen. Although we see the threatenings of the enemy, although we see the threatenings and the shakings of the enemy, the Lord says that we are winning and that this year will be a year where you and I must possess this land. We must possess it. We must set up his kingdom, his rule in this area, and we must demonstrate his kingdom even through serving our community. But more than that, bringing the manifestation of his kingdom into the lives of men and women in this region. We're going to talk a little bit more about how that would happen. I'm trying to shield the light here. <laughs> 2020 will be a year that we will literally, many of us will become mobile encounter retreats. And what I mean by that, many of us are gonna be used by the Lord in our everyday life, in our neighborhoods, even at the gym, the Lord is gonna use you as a mobile encounter retreat to cause other men and women to encounter God. The Lord is gonna take what we have received from the house of the Lord and we're gonna bring deliverance out in the streets. This will be a time of public displays of God's power because the thing that is on the heart of the Lord right now is his harvest. The harvest is the precious fruit of the earth that the Lord is after in this hour. In fact, the Lord is desiring to raise up a company of committed men and women who give all in all towards his purposes. The Lord, the Bible says that 
calls, the, literally the scriptures calls, call Jesus the desire of all nations. And the desire, he who is the desire of all nations will be manifested through us in terms of his power reaching out among the hedges and highways, compelling men and women to come into the kingdom of God. In fact, the Lord is going to move in such a way that we're going to begin to see more and more of the body of Christ mobilized in the area of discipleship because many believers are fought, many believers have received Christ, but they're not committed to Christ. Many believers attend church, but they're not involved in the war. Many believers are, 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 are spectating in the house of God but are not mobilized inside of his purpose and so what's getting ready to happen the Holy Spirit is going to move in such a way he's been training you and I over the years to become disciple makers because the revival that God wants to bring it there must be ready-made disciples who can conserve the fruit of evangelism as it occurs. I'm, I'm speaking this because many times when revival comes into a land, it is short-lived because there's not enough leaders, there's not enough disciples that can literally conserve the fruit of evangelism. There's some revivals that literally, when I speak about revivals, I'm talking about when, when the Lord comes in terms of a revival in a region. I'm not talking about a meeting. I'm talking about a visitation, a habitation from God. When it seems like one person uh, said that revival is like God stepping out of heaven into a particular lo a localized area and moving in such a way that everybody, everything is touched by his presence. And for some, if the church grew by, and, and, and this has been reported, when revival came in, in certain areas of Canada, when revival came in certain areas of Florida, when, when the church had more than 200 people, new people come in that Sunday and they were averaging 200 new people every week because of revival, some of the churches had to close because they did not have enough leaders to conserve the fruit of evangelism. And in fact, in fact, some stopped the move of God because of how it taxed the workers because they only had a few. And so what the Lord is doing at Metro and other areas, the Lord is desiring to raise up disciples makers amen disciple makers amen Dis say disciple makers disciple makers in fact Jesus said to Peter I will make Jesus prophesied to Peter he prophesied to Peter he looked at Peter and said you will be a fisher of men if you follow me and the Lord is speaking that to us in this particular hour the enemy has tried to make you and I even hate evangelism or even hate the whole concept of discipleship. And, 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 the, and the interesting thing about it, the enemy wars against anything that can multiply and, and facilitate the purpose of God. And, and, and so what the work of the enemy has been is to give us this cloudy view, this cloud, the, the blurring of our understanding of the importance of discipleship. Jesus discipled 12 men and, those, and literally the whole body of Christ is built 
upon the discipleship of those 12 men. Everything in the body of Christ, everything for the last 2,000 years has flowed out of those 12 men that was discipled by Jesus Christ. Two thousand twenty will be a year that the diligent shall bear rule. This is going to be the year where you and I will be challenged by the Lord to be diligent regarding what He's given us. This will be a time where the diligent will bear rule. In fact, we're going to see the hand of the Lord in the marketplace like we've never seen it before. We're going to the Lord is going to use many of you in the marketplace. And there are going to be connection group meetings inside of the marketplace. There are going to be people gathering at in the marketplace. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And the Lord is going to give wisdom regarding how to have those meetings, how to have those units of redemption planted in the midst of darkness. But there's going to be a wave of God's spirit flowing in the seven mountains as each and every one of us are planted on one of those mountains in the area of our workplaces. The marketplace is on the heart of God and the Lord is going to provide a structure, a structure. He's going to provide a strategy and a structure so that you and I can facilitate that harvest on in the marketplace and the reason why the Lord is focusing on the marketplace is because most people spend most of the time of their life in the marketplace are we here saints the year of 220 will be a year where you and I will experience this whole rhythm it's going to be a cyclical year of fasting and praying a cyclical year of fasting and praying. Cyclically. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this will also be a time where you and I, those that we call our people that have opposed us or people that have cursed us, people that have hurt us, the Lord is going to challenge you and I in this particular season to bless those that have cursed us and to let nothing but blessing come out of our mouth. And as, we, and as we begin to do it, we will break the back of witchcraft that has worked through the word curses of others. But we must begin to convert, convert our cursing in not meet cursing with cursing, but meet cursing with blessing and speak blessing, speak blessing, speak blessing, speak blessing, speak blessing. And then lastly, the Lord spoke to me and said, 2020 will be a year that we must stop talking about the miraculous. Two thousand twenty must become a year that we contend for the anointing. For his the scripture says that, that when Jesus Christ is manifested, it destroys, he destroys all the works of the enemy. I know I didn't pronounce that verse right. But, but this whole thing about 
the anointing. It's, it's the anointing that breaks the yokes. You, how many of you experienced it this morning? Some of you came in burden, but, but as we entered into worship, you felt lighter. How many of you experienced that? Just raise your hands. How many of you experienced God touching you that way? That was the anointing. It breaks what? The yokes. In fact, the picture of the word, it breaks the yokes, is the picture of a yoke around your neck squeezing you. But the anointing comes upon you and your neck grows larger and larger and causes what was, what was choking your neck to break off of you. That's the picture of the anointing. The anointing, I'm not talking about the stuff that we see on TV. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about the raw power of God. The anointing is the ability of God meeting your inability to obtain biblical results. The anointing is the tangible power of God being released through us. The anointing, you, I'll give you a picture of this. How many of you know there are nine spiritual gifts? And most of the body of Christ only functions out of two of the spiritual gifts. And that's speaking in tongues and prophesying. How many of you know that working of miracles is a spiritual gift? Lord Jesus. And if we literally... The Bible says, and God has given each and every one of us a spiritual gift to profit with all. I want you to think with me for a second. Do you believe if God has given each and every one of us, I'm talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit gives them severally as he will. Now I want you to think about this. Do you think that the only gifts that God has been giving out is prophesying and, and, um, and speaking in tongues? Now, if we, if we thought in terms of just one out of every nine person in here having the gift of working of miracles, the very least number of the gift of working of miracles in this room, even if we thought in terms of every one out of every nine person. That, that would literally look like 12 or 15 people. Why don't we operate in the working of miracles? And one of the reasons we don't operate in the working of miracles is because our thinking has not allowed us to become aware of that working and activity of the Holy Spirit in us. And because we've seen so much on television, we begin to believe that the only people that are supposed to move in the gift of working of miracles are powerful men and women of God on television. But this is an hour the Lord is saying that he wants to release the gifts of working of miracles, discerning of spirits, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. He wants to use he wants, he, the Lord has given us power tools for witnessing. Power tools for witnessing. He's given us weapons of mass demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to blow on somebody to move in working of miracles. You don't have to wear a cake, to, a, a cape on your back and, and throw it over somebody to move in working of miracles. 
You don't have to breathe on them. You don't have to spit on them. You don't have to throw oil and water on them. What the Lord is telling us in this hour, if we just take them by the hand and say, can I pray with you? What would happen if a person who doesn't believe God and they worship other gods? But they got a sick child at home. Now I'm going to tell you how this works. Because if you can pray, you can prophesy. Have you ever prayed and you felt like when you were praying, the other person on the other side said, how did you know that? Because the same channel that, that causes the release of the prophetic flows out of praying. So why are you praying with that person? And you, and you don't even know him. And you say, Lord, I just thank you right now. Lord, I just thank you for touching that person's home. Lord, they got a sick child. Lord, if they have any children at home, Lord, heal them, heal them. Father, we just thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, one moment they were cussing you out because of Jesus and, and say, how, did you, how do you know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? But then they go home and they find that their child that had leukemia, fourth stage leukemia, that child is healed. I'm here to tell you, we have a miracle on our hand. We have a woman that a miracles, such as the woman at the well, working. The Bible says that woman went and told everybody in Samaria, the whole city came to God. The working of miracles. Some of you have that gift. Some of you, the Lord has placed that inside of you as a major function. Now get this, the Holy, if you have the Holy Spirit living in you and he's upon you, he can work any gift through you at any time. We have put him in a box. We have put him in a box. We said he can only flow inside of the church. We said that he can only flow through a minister or elder or a pastor or a bishop. We said, he didn't say that. working of miracles and the gifts of healing. The Lord wants to release that. He wants to give us some power tools to use in witnessing. Amen. Batman had the batthuka, the rope, and yeah, they call it the batthuka. Lord have mercy. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, he had all kind of weapons. I think in that movie, that, of one of the movies about Batman, the Joker said, man, where do we get all these toys? <laughs> but guess what? We got power tools. Lord, have mercy. That the Lord has put at our disposal. And man, we're going to become a wrecking crew like never before. Man, we're going to pray for people and we're going to see them come into the kingdom of God. And that the scripture says, the, the Bible says literally that, that when, when you, if you pray for someone and then while you're praying, you reveal their heart. And the Bible says the proudest people, you pray for them or you give them the word of the Lord that reveals their heart. They are going to fall on their knees and prostrate themselves because of the power tools. So as we bring this what are, what are the things we need to do to flow or to grow in the anointing this upcoming year? 
The first thing is that we must practice humility. The Bible says that God gives grace to the humble. Number two, the second thing that we must practice in 2020 to grow in the anointing, we must practice adoration of the Lord and worship of him. Worshiping of him. It's one thing to praise him, but it's another thing to come to a place in your worship where you are adoring him. And your, your, your praise of him attracts his presence. And you just find yourself just lost in him, worshiping him, adoring him, where you experience him as being king of kings and lord of lords. It's in those moments, I'm, in those moments that the, throne, that the throne of God is attracted towards us. In fact, the Bible says that God is enthroned on the praises of his people. And so this whole practice of thanksgiving, praise, and worship must begin to fill our private times of prayer as well as our corporate times of gathering together because it's going to be the power of praise, the power of worship that breaks certain yokes in 2020. When, Pete, when Paul and Silas was in jail and they were getting ready to kill him, they were chained up. They had been beaten. They had been whipped. But Paul received a revelation in the, in the midnight hours. He and Silas began to praise him. With all of the pain that we're going, it's something precious. I'm going to tell you something. Something that gets God's attention is when you are going through, when you are hurt, when you, when you have no more emotions, when you have no more feelings, and you bow your knees and you worship him. You give him the glory. I'm going to tell you something. What happened to Peter, what happened to Paul and Silas was while they were singing praise unto God, while they were singing praise with all of their heart, the Bible says, and the jailhouse shook and the door opened. And we're going to say doors open as we worship him. In fact, Psalms 149 says that the two-edged sword in our mouths, the praise in our mouth will bind the kings and noblemen. Literally, it's talking about the principality over this area as we arise in corporate prayer, as we rise and worship the Lord, as we take up the gift that he's given us in restoring the tabernacle of David and releasing a new song, a new song, a new dance, a new worship before him. It will break the old cycle and it will chain up that principality that's been sitting over this area worshiping him and as you worship you grow in the anointing how many of you have experienced when you worship him his presence comes in you become aware of God you become aware of his heart you become aware of what's important to him and what happens when you worship God this way? Literally, God becomes jealous over you. God becomes jealous over you. He begins to treat you like you are his prized, prized student. He begins to treat you like a treasure because you minister to him. You worship him. Number two, number three, the thing that will cause us to grow in the anointing is, will, will be the meditation on the word of God. And as we meditate on the word of God, one of the things that happens is that meditation on the word of God, it siphons the oil out of the word of God. 
it's, it extracts the anointing from the word of God such that we will become like a tree planted by rivers of waters. Literally, whatever we do, whatever we put our hands on, the Bible says we prosper because his word is living inside of us. The next thing that we must do is fast. Say fast. Fast. Come on, say fasting. There are certain, there are certain demonic structures that cannot be moved outside of prayer and fasting. The power twins. There must be prayer and fasting. What does fasting does? Fasting supercharges your prayer life. Fasting focuses you on the purpose of God. Fasting makes one receptive to the anointing. See, you're not working for the anointing, but when you fast, literally it makes you a more absorbent sponge so that you soak up the anointing. Fasting, it breaks yokes, strongholds, and spiritual uh, barriers. Fasting increases your capacity for the anointing. Fasting increases angelic activity around you. I'm talking about good angelic activity. Fasting produces revival in your own life and makes you a a channel of revival to others. Fasting opens the door of abundance to you. According to Joel 2.15, there was was a a man of God, I think his name was Jerry Farwell, and literally they needed money. He needed money for his university. And, And the Lord led him to fast. And he fasted 40 days and the Lord brought millions and millions and millions of dollars dollars into his ministry. And there have been other men of God, other men of God in, in the business arena who have practiced fasting and praying because God wants to open up the supply lines in 2020. He wants to open up the supply lines. And for some of us, the blockages that have been there are generational issues that must be dethroned through prayer and fasting. Prayer, say, come on, prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Another thing that fasting does is that it stirs God to be jealous over you. And then fasting causes us to minister to the Lord. Now, the other area, the other thing that causes the anointing to increase and cultivation of the anointing in our lives. The first thing we said was what? Humility. The second thing was what? Adoration, worship unto the Lord. The third thing we spoke was meditation upon the word of God. The fourth thing we spoke was what? Fasting. The fifth thing is prayer. Say prayer. Fasting and what? Prayer. And one of the things that that the Lord is literally what will bring great revolution in our lives. Some of us have allowed our daily devotions to become, I mean, just routine. And but but what God wants to do, he wants to awaken our ear morning by morning in our daily devotions. That literally God wants to speak to us coming out of our sleep. I'm going to tell you something. God wants to show you and I things that will come before they happen. God wants to let you know. He wants, he wants to give, let you know the secret information that nobody knows. Amen. He wants, he wants to download wisdom regarding certain, solving certain problems in, at your work, on your job, that, 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 that the wisdom will come through you. And because you serve the Lord, it will give glory to him. The Lord wants to what? Awaken us morning by morning. The Lord wants to awaken you morning by morning so that you can see the things that your children are doing that they think they're hiding from God. God wants to open the eyes of parents to see in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes when you start praying and fasting, what your children have been doing that could literally become destructive because you 
began to move in the arena, arena of fasting and prayer, all of a sudden God unveils that thing. He discloses that thing. He causes it to open up. He literally, and not only that, but he will move in such a way that the fear of God is released upon them. Prayer. We had a man of God come to this church years ago and said that we needed to pray in the spirit two hours a day. And I remember we did it. He came with that only word. That was the only word. He came from South Africa and, and brought that word. And I'm here to tell you, probably uh, there's a man by the name of John G. Lake. Probably um, they said Spokane, Washington was the most healthiest place, healthiest place, a city. They declared it the healthiest place because the, the ministry of the miraculous that flowed through him was so tremendous. I mean, literally, he, he, he was involved with Africa. He was involved in bringing a mighty, mighty move of God. Literally, there, literally, there has not been another man of God like him that moved in signs and wonders. But he made a statement. He said, the making of my ministry has been praying in tongues. And, and the reason why praying in tongues does that is because when we pray in tongues, it unlocks the plan and synchronization of God's plan for your life. Sometimes we don't, we don't know to pray that so-and-so need to be there so that so-and-so can have them. And we, uh, and, 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 and we need to pray that this door open and that this place closes at this particular time so that, you know, we don't know that. But when we pray in tongues, Lord have mercy, the, all of those things, the, the, the synchronization, all of those things begin to, to actually take place. When we're praying, when we're praying, when we're praying in tongues, we are praying and declaring the secrets of God, which will impart blessings and, and will impart blessings and uh, will impart blessings into your life. When you're praying in tongues, you are prophesying your ordained future. By praying in the spirit, you're making a path for the blessings and power for, for, your, for your walk. See, many times when you're praying for a husband and you're praying for a wife, you don't know what to pray for. You don't know what's best suited for you. But I want, I, I want to challenge some of you in 2020 to spend some time praying in tongues regarding the mate that you believe in God for. Praying in tongues. And as you begin and, and, and as you set your heart in that direction, watch the Lord begin to do something inside of you. When you pray in tongues, it's home improvement for your soul. It strengthens your inner man. It helps you fine-tune to the voice of God. It builds up it strengthens and energizes your faith. It activates your worship of God to its highest level. It increases your consciousness of God's presence. In 2020, God is going to revive our connection groups. He is going to breathe on our connection groups. And as we fast and pray, many of our homes will become an outpost of revival in our community. And your, our homes will become a site of blessing. It will see, it will appear that even as the ark was in the house of Obedidim and all manner of blessing was attracted to that house 
as the people of God assemble in houses, in particular locales and connection groups, we're gonna see that same level of blessing break forth upon homes. And God is gonna breathe because he says, where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in your midst. My manifested presence is coming and our homes will become units of evangelism. And we will literally see because we begin to pursue God with all of our hearts and become and begin to live out all in in 2020. Because it's interesting that when we give, when we pray, when we fast, Lord have mercy, it opens up the windows of heaven. And how many of you believe that 2020 is your year? 2020, Bishop Oreo said something that caught my attention. Many times, people waste the carol's time that God brings them into. And I believe that 2020 will be a, a, a window where, how many of you, when I, what I mean by that, there are certain seasons in our lives where we, it seems like nothing is happening. And then all of a sudden you enter a season when it seems like everything you put your hands on, it happens. All you have to do is speak it. It's your carols time. And we've been sowing in prayer and in tears. The Lord is preparing us for our set time of favor, our set time of visitation. When El Savasso was here and he stood in this building and he preached and he said this to Metro, he said, Metro, when you pray, it's like hitting the wall and you don't see nothing happening to that wall when you hit the wall. But at a, at a molecular level, something begins to crack. And he says, Metro, if you just keep hitting that wall, that wall will eventually come tumbling down. And I prophesy to you today that we just have a couple of more knocks, strong hits, come on. Well, the whole body is mobilized as one and we're pouring in all of our energy, amen. We're pouring in all of our energy and we take the hammer together with our leader. And we take the helmet together and we strike it one more time and we will see the wall come tumbling down and souls from everywhere will break forth. We'll see a harvest financially. We'll see a harvest in our families. We will see a harvest of the prodigals. We will see a harvest of unanswered prayer. We will see a harvest regarding breakthrough on our jobs. We'll see a harvest of breakthrough in terms of promotion. We'll see a harvest of the Lord and that is what 220 looks like for you and I if we will stand with our bishop and be all in with him and if you are going to be all in with Bishop Johnson I'd like for you now to stand and welcome him as he comes come on give the Lord praise come on give the Lord praise Woo. 